Tis the season to get scammed. (laughs) This time of year, every year, the Secret Service issues a warning to consumers and retailers about counterfeit money, counterfeit products. Everybody is trying to rob you this time of year. And, and, And it's incredible to think that at any given time, there is up to $200 million of counterfeit money in circulation. Up to $200 million of counterfeit money in circulation. Now, that seems like a lot of money. In the big picture, that's really not that much money. But the question is, are you being scammed? And how do you know the money that you have is real? Spirituality is often counterfeited too. But in our passage today, God is going to tell us how we can spot a fake. How can you spot a fake? That's really, we're going to look at three verses this morning. It's going to be a short sermon. How can you spot a fake? That's the, that's the question before us this morning. You see, counterfeit spirituality was a real issue in the church at Corinth, which is where uh, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter. There were religious scammers. There were hypocritical fakers. There were super spiritual elites who, you know, claimed to be something special. That people ought to pay attention to these spiritual giants who are setting themselves up as leaders in Corinth and in uh, many large cities. And you know, there are a lot of people today, aren't there, (laughs) doing the same business, uh, uh, running the same scam, uh, presenting the same counterfeit spirituality. They've got websites, book deals, glossy flyers and conferences. But much of what is out there is spiritual counterfeit. It looks real. It feels real. But it's not genuine. And as the Apostle Paul begins his discussion of spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, he wants us to know something. He wants to help the church recognize what's real. He wants us to be able to recognize the Holy Spirit and to be able to spot a fake Because it's easy to be led astray. Look with me at verse 1. Chapter 12, verse 1. God's word says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be misinformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However you were led. This is how he begins his discussion of spiritual gifts. He says it's easy to be led astray. And, you know, when we read this and we say now concerning spiritual gifts, we immediately our our minds are drawn toward the, the latter half of that phrase. Gifts. Gifts. It's like a kid around Christmas. Did somebody say presents? Right. I mean, just the word draws us in. It's like, I want some of that. I want a present. I want a gift. I want a gift. I'm looking in the closet to see if I can find. No, don't do that. Okay, don't don't look in the closet. 
But did you know, you probably didn't because in the English it's, it's, it's a little confusing. But if you look at this in the original language, Paul is actually emphasizing the first word, spiritual. He's emphasizing spiritual. And it's not just the spiritual world generally. What he's referring to is something very specific. He's referring not to something, but to someone. He's referring to the third person in the Godhead. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. You could read this now concerning Holy Spirit things. He doesn't even actually use the word gifts here. He's going to get to that. But in this very first phrase, it, it, it just says now concerning spirituals. Now concerning spiritual. In other words, now concerning Holy Spirit things. You see, the who is much more important than the what. The who is so much more important than the what. That's why he reminds them about the ways that they've been led astray in the past. Did you notice? He says, remember, I don't want you to be uninformed. In verse two, he says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. They were led astray to mute idols. Well, what's an idol? An idol, we think of an idol, right? We think of like a little statue, right? And, and it could be that, but it's not just that. Usually idols are in our hearts. Idols are things that we look to for comfort and things we look to for hope. Things that we look to to give us meaning and purpose in life. Instead of looking to God. To give us all of those things. An idol is really anything we look to. Other than God. To give us what only God can give. And that could be any number of things. Right? It could be any number of things. Idols lead us astray from God. Why? Because they promise us what only God can give. Idols promise us everything. That God promises. And that's why they lead us astray. That's why they hook your heart. That's why they drag you around. And they make you do things that you wouldn't have done otherwise. Because they promise you what only God can provide. They promise us things that only God can give. And so they lead us astray. They promise us comfort. They promise us peace. They promise us satisfaction. They promise us love. They promise us happiness. They promise us fulfillment. They're always promising, but never delivering. Idols never deliver. He says they're mute. The King James Version says they're dumb. <laughs> and that means mute. But there's something we can learn from that archaic terminology. They're dumb idols. They're dumb idols. They don't have the power to provide what they promise. They can't speak life like God can. And so they lead us astray. And brothers and sisters, there are a lot of people in the world today masquerading as spiritual people both inside the church and outside the church. They appear to be spiritual, 
They lead people, sometimes many people astray. And they may even use counterfeit gifts, counterfeit spiritual gifts that look like the things that might come from God, but they're not. They're coming from somewhere else. And they will use these to do what? This is his first thing he wants to say to us, to lead us astray, to lead us after dumb idols who promise things to us that they cannot deliver. God's people need to be on guard. As we begin this discussion of gifts for the common good, we need to be on guard. We need to know how to spot a fake. And so Paul, the apostle, gives us a simple test. It is so simple. (laughs) He gives, isn't it always simple? Aren't the hard spiritual things always simple? They're not easy, but they're simple. He gives us a simple test in verse three. Let's look at that together. He says, don't be lazy. You've been led astray before. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. He gives us the test. Did you pick up on it? Let me read it one more time. He says, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. It's a simple test. Does this spiritual gift Does this spiritual person make much of Jesus? That's the test. Does this gift, does this person make much of Jesus? You know, before Jesus gave himself up to be crucified for our sins, he promised that the Holy Spirit would come. And not only that, but he told us what the Holy Spirit's ministry would be all about. In in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 14, Jesus says to us, the Holy Spirit will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to make much of Jesus. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to make much of Jesus. And so before we even get into the gifts, we're talking about the Spirit. And what the Spirit wants to do is make much of Jesus. You know, sometimes we can get carried away with the Holy Spirit in the church. But the Holy Spirit doesn't even get carried away with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, no, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. The third person of the Godhead saying it's about the second person of the Godhead. That is mind blowing. The Holy Spirit's job is to glorify Jesus. So how much more is it our job as we receive gifts from God to glorify and to make much of Jesus. Paul makes it plain with these two examples right here where he says, he says, no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. 
No one who's really by, who really is speaking from the Spirit will say Jesus is accursed. Well, this word accursed is the word anathema in Greek. Anathema. Have you heard that word before? Anathema. Some of you have. What does that word mean? Anathema means to set aside. Especially for some evil purpose or maybe for judgment. Okay, but to set aside. And so what he's saying here is that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let's set Jesus aside. Yeah, 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 Jesus, Jesus. Okay, but let's talk about real life. Hold on. (laughs) No, we don't set Jesus aside. We don't say that Jesus is accursed. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes we, we will say, yes, we need Jesus to, for our salvation. Yes, we need Jesus to get saved. But then it's up to you to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and to, and to, and to, to, to make yourself holy. Yeah, you need Jesus to get saved, but living saved is up to you. That's what sometimes people say. But no, that would be the same thing as saying Jesus is accursed. It's the same thing as saying, let's set Jesus to the side. Why? Because Jesus is important in every step of our lives. Every step of progress is a step in Christ by faith, as we've been talking about in Romans. Many young people today, as I've observed, and some of you have observed, many young people, men and women, are being led astray by a spirituality that teaches that Jesus is just one way or that Jesus is just one of the many sons of God. And I've even heard a, a, a religion that teaches that through, through, uh, through, through focus and through discipline that you can become a Jesus of your own universe. And, and, and our people are hearing this and they're thinking, OK, yeah, I like Jesus, but Maybe I can set Jesus to the side and I can kind of become my own Jesus. Do you see how that's appealing? Why? Because it it pumps me up. It makes me feel better about myself. But if our spirituality is focused on me, then it's the same thing as saying Jesus is accursed. And if my spirituality is about me, then it's not about Jesus and therefore It's not the Holy Spirit. Sometimes very talented people get involved in churches and quickly become elevated into positions of leadership. I thank God that I was held back for a lot of years before I was put forward to be a pastor. That I was held back. I think I needed that. (laughs) I needed to be held back. It was humbling for me that God did that in my life. But sometimes we elevate people. It's only natural. We elevate people and they're, they're talented. We think they're gifted, but they're talented. And we build entire ministries around personalities. And what we end up doing is that when we do that, when we elevate people, when even a pastor, when we elevate people, what we're doing is we might as well be saying Jesus is accursed. Jesus is set to the side. 
It's one of the reasons that studying the spiritual gifts is so important. Because the church, as we will see in 1 Corinthians 12, is not about the pastor. It's not about the worship leader. It's about God's people. And we all have gifts that the Spirit gives us. We all have gifts that are designed not to curse Jesus, not to set Jesus to the side, but to say what? To say Jesus is Lord. Because only by the Holy Spirit can we say Jesus is Lord. And so the gifts, as we begin this conversation, we got to keep this as our as our entry point. That the whole purpose for them is to make much of Jesus. How can you spot a fake? How can you spot a counterfeit? Hundred dollar bill. I don't remember where I first heard this, but I was talking with someone who was discussing this. How do you spot a counterfeit? And they said, you know, you would think that you would spot a counterfeit by like looking at a lot of counterfeit bills, you know, going around and say, okay, here's a counterfeit bill. This is what a counterfeit bill looks like. You want to look for these marks and these marks. This is how you know it's counterfeit. That makes sense, right? But what the, but what this expert told me is that it's not in looking at the counterfeits that help you spot a fake. It's in handling actual cash. (laughs) It's in handling the real thing that we learn to recognize a fake when we see it. And, And isn't that exactly what God's telling us today in this scripture? That when we make much of Jesus, when we call upon him, when we come to him in his word and we learn of him, when we receive him into our lives, when we trust him, not just for getting saved, but through the muck of life, when we know what's real, then we can spot a fake. Then we know ah, that's not real. That's not true. That's not genuine. That's not of the Holy Spirit. How do I know? Because I know what's real because I've been with him. I've been with him. And so, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, God invites you to handle the real thing. To spend some time with Jesus. And this week, we as a church are going to begin a, 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 a scripture reading together on Tuesday, December 1st. And every day, you're going to receive in your inbox or in your social media feed a little video clip. And in that video clip, one of us is going to be reading some scripture about Jesus. And I want you to take it as a challenge, as an encouragement to engage with God's word like that and to to listen to it and to ask yourself, who is this Jesus to handle the real thing so that you know how to spot a fake when it comes around? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word this morning, for all of the many ways that you have spoken today through your spirit and through your word. Lord, thank you for the exhortations and the encouragements that we've had from you. And now, Lord, we uh, we ask you to take what is true, to plant it deep in our hearts 
to shape and fashion us after your image, the image of Christ. And Lord, for all who are out there who are being led astray by dumb idols who make promises they can't keep, Lord, I pray that each person would turn from those idols today, right now, and turn to you the real thing. That they would come to you and receive you by faith. And that you would make your dwelling place in their hearts. That you would dwell here among your tabernacle, among your people. That we would fellowship with you as we read your word together through the month of December. Lord, meet us in your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand how you've gifted us in different ways to make much of Jesus. Lord, do that in us. Comfort the downhearted. Encourage the weak. Strengthen the weary. We make much of you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.